Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Worldwide, and this is your main event of the evening with the man in charge of this episode, your host and fearless leader, Vic Muscat. Now, this episode might be one of those episodes that's going to really show my age. I've had people message me thinking or send me comments that, actually both, that call me Grandpa Simpson. Like I yell at the clouds, I'm the old man the port on the porch, going like, you freaking kids, and this episode might be one of those episodes, but I still got to talk about this. What happened to finishers these days? I mean, finishers these days are not... <laughs> A finishing move is not just a wrestler's way to end the match, but it's also a part of the wrestler's identity. It speaks volumes about the wrestler's overall style of wrestling. Also shows the brand, because each wrestler who goes in there represents themselves. They are a brand. WWE kind of like takes that freedom away. But if you watch like, AEW, Warriors of Wrestling, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Each wrestler there is like their own company, their own business, their own brand. And they, it's important they get received well by the fans. Over the years, we've seen many wrestlers use a bunch of finishing moves in an effort to close out a match. But there's only a certain few that became as iconic as the DDT to the jackhammer to the Wiley used spear to Bret Hart's sharpshooter. Some of the wrestlers make their finisher, you know, popular. And just some of the moves I'm going to speak about right now to these days that will explain what I'm talking about. First of all, before the RKO, it was the diamond cutter. Regarded as one of the most memorable and best finishers of all time, the Diamond Cutter was widely, pop- was widely popularized by Diamond Dallas Page. While many wrestlers have created their own versions of the Diamond Cutter, the Diamond Cutter is still the original of popular moves. Some of the moves that, that people borrow from the Diamond Cutter to make it their own is like Randy Orton's RKO. The twist of fate by the Hardys. And it's just, it wouldn't be anything without Diamond Dallas Page. It would just be as fucking useless as a body slam. But Diamond Dallas Page made it elite. Now, some say John Rodonitis invented the move during his Johnny Ace days. Yes and no. He created the stunner, not the cutter. So I guess if you want to say it was Giant Ace that gave Diamond Dallas Page the idea to make adjustments to make the diamond cutter his own, okay, I give you, I won't argue against that. But until that is argued and proven to me that John Leonidas did event the cutter and it wasn't just a variation of the stunner, they actually invented the cutter. 
that move is just going to be Diamond Dallas's Page's baby for the rest of eternity. Another move, the jackhammer. Another great move that is used for a finisher. And, it's, and that is one, it's one of the most decorated wrestlers of all time who used it. That's Goldberg. He won multiple titles with this. But unlike most wrestlers in professional wrestling, Goldberg has a limited array of moves that he falls back and relies on the spear and the jackhammer. Why, actually, the jackhammer was invented by Giga Yuyata. I got his name right. Go look it up. Jaeger Yuyata, back in 1980s, it's Goldberg who will go ahead and popularize the move. He just took something that was invented, tossed aside, brought it back, Goldbergized it, and boom, it just caught fire. Boom. Also known as the suplex power slam, the jackhammer is a move that requires an upper core strength of popular execution like no other. Besides being able to put many wrestlers down with the move, Goldberg still hasn't, well, how should I put this? Goldberg was hesitant to use the move sometimes during to a string of shoulder injuries. A, it was kind of like, i never seen Goldberg as a kind of a wrestler. I've seen her like a Ronda Rousey, you know, just there to collect a paycheck and leave. If he has a shoulder injury, he would just be like, I'm not doing this. Meanwhile, you see other wrestlers who try to be as bad, to make it, to try to get like WWE to look at him. will have a like fucking torrated rotator cup and will have no problems doing it. It's known as about the hustle and worth ethic that Goldberg did not have. That I don't know. I mean, you don't see much people using the jackhammer as much as you see people them using the cutter or any other like finishers that you see being used as a setup. But it's interesting how no one actually really uses it. But Goldberg with a great move. Great finisher. He really wasn't that great of a wrestler. If you're relying on the spear and jackhammer, and when you have a hard shoulder, you're like, I don't want to use the jackhammer. Meanwhile, you're using the spear still, and that puts more strain on your shoulder than the jackhammer does. And we all saw what happened, the results were when he tried to use the jackhammer last time against the Undertaker. It damn near almost paralyzed the Undertaker. Look it up yourself. It was during one of the Saudi Arabia events as a main event. Check it out yourself. You see Goldberg, and wasn't a maybe it was Mother Nature that made Goldberg look so bad, but it was known as he had a mediocre wrestler. They put a lot of hype and a lot of money behind it. He had a finisher like no other. And at the end of the saga and the story, it just fell flat. But the jackhammer will live forever. Another move that you cannot ignore is the people's elbow. The most overrated maneuver in professional wrestling. It was in, when it was born, it was supposed to be a joke. 
people's elbow was supposed to be a joke, supposed to be like nothing, supposed to be like the Cobra from Santino Morel. But it became, for some reason, one of the most popular finishes in WWE history. I mean, according to um, the Triple H, the Brahma Bull began to begin the people's elbow as an attempt to gain the Undertaker to laugh. Because of his nonsense gimmick, many wrestlers were determined to make the Undertaker break character. Nevertheless, despite starting out as a joke, the people's elbow became iconic. As iconic as Hogan's leg drop. Throughout the years, many wrestlers have fallen victim to the rock signature moves, while the people's elbow cannot be compared to other moves on the West. In terms of impact and damage, it still manages to get the crowd reaction. Which is professional wrestling. This is not just make the people happy, this is fucking professional wrestling. Despite being an iconic move, the people's elbow still remains one of the controversial moves of all time. According to many wrestling wrestlers' pursuits, the people's elbow was not only annoying, but it was overrated. But as a regular wrestling fan who watches the uh, old Divas matches when they were in the Braun Pains, who jerks off in the mother's basement, still thinks it's a great fucking move. They also have a sense of reality. And that's when the point I think I should realize that WWE fans have lost their fucking minds. But, you know, it is what it is. Another great move that I have to say, bravo to, but still don't get, is Brock Lesnar's F5. I mean, in the WWE, the F5 has not only ended up quite popular, but also quite effective. It looks devastating. Not like the people's elbow. It looks Devastating. It looks like you'll kick your ass. Lesnar has won five WWE championships, three Universal titles, and a Royal Rumble tournament, and a King of the Ring using this move. Some of the biggest names in the WWE today and yesterday have fallen victim of the F5, from your big shows to your Rikishis, to your Mark Henrys, to your Seth Rollins, and even Roman Reigns. They have all felt victim to the F5, and it just looks fucking devastating. The next move, trying to think how I should go segue into this. A lot of people will still say, and I would disagree, Brett the Hitman Hart was the excellence of execution. Ever since he began his wrestling career, it was quite clear that Bret Hart was destined for greatness. Despite having plenty of skills in his arsenal, Bret Hart ultimately became known as a submission expert, thanks to the move called the sharpshooter. Being a great and highly effective move, many wrestlers still continue to use it. It's not a finisher anymore. It's a setup for a finisher or a wearing down move, which I think should just be a finisher, period. It's a finisher. We don't need to set people up for it. It is a finisher, just like Bret Hart used it. Over the years, many wrestlers, such as The Rock, Trish Trash, and Natella, used the version, Bret Hart's version of the move. For many diehard wrestling fans, Bret Hart's sharpshooter is not 
just an intimidation of a move, imitation of a move, but rather a symbol of Hart's influence in professional wrestling, which until proven otherwise, I can't really argue against, but I just think it's extremely overrated. It just is. Another move that's, I have torn feelings about whether you keep this as a finisher or as a setup, but come on. Shawn Michaels' super kick or sweet chin music was, wasn't designed to be a finisher. They, for some reason, they made it into a finisher. It was made by, it was invented by how I'm probably butchering the guy's name, Masasiato, one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time, if you pay attention to wrestling outside of WWE. But Switch in music was extremely overrated. I mean, it's like the big boot. How many wrestlers you see win off a big boot? I mean, back then, yeah, the arsenal of a wrestler wasn't as big as it was before. It wasn't like you had uh, Super Hero Coronas back then or you had like Super Bulldogs. Sweet Chin Music, though, is, like I said, I have torn subject. I mean, in the square circle, Sweet Chin Music is one of the most lethal moves and it tends to come out of nowhere and can also be used in several ways. Even though Shawn Michaels is currently in retirement, he is the father of Sweet Chin Music, supposedly. Forget about Seattle. I mean, he never existed, even though that's the truth, but we like to cover up the truth. I mean, it was his signature that made... Okay. I respect the fact that Shawn Michaels used the move to further his career. I am not shitting on Shawn Michaels. However, though, Sweet Chin Music was extremely overrated. I always thought so. I still believe so. It's like you get him on the chin. Well, I see the young bucks, you know, get people on the chin. They don't get a three count. I see him do a double super kick. Doesn't get a three count. And I've seen super kicks when they people get in the head in the face and the forehead. Doesn't get a three count. So those are the reasons why I think sweet chin music is extremely overrated. And it brings the grandpa out of me for some reason. Now I could talk about the Stone Cold Stunner, which will have to be on the list. Michael P.S. Hayes was the one that introduced Stone Cold to the stunner. There's back and forth reports about who created the stunner, either Michael P.S. Hayes or John Laurinaitis. Still, stunner is one of the, it has to be the king of kings when it comes to finishing maneuvers. Stone Cold Steve Austin did a beautiful job immortalizing it. If there was a Mount Rushmore of finishers, the Stone Cold Stunner would be one of them. However, though, the move that I would have to say is the best of the best, the king of the king. You know, forget about your F5s, your sharpshooters, your people's elbows. Forget about your RKOs. Forget about your shooting star presses. At one point in time, 
the Canadian destroyer was highly innovative and effective maneuver that end a match instantly. According to many wrestle fans, the Canadian destroyer was one of the best finishes in they would say WWE, which is wrong, it started off in TNA Impact Wrestling with Petey Williams, the creator of the Canadian Destroyer. But however, these days, it's ending up becoming just another move that wrestlers add to their arsenal to enhance the visual elements of the matches. The move was first used in 2003 against Matt Sedell, and like any iconic move, the Canadian story requires cooperation from the opponent for proper execution. It gained popularity during Petey Williams' tenure in TNA, where he played a role and established the promotion X Division, and he was X Division champion several times because of it. Now... It's interesting how when I was looking up Canadian Story, it kept on saying it was a WWE finisher, WWE finisher. That is incorrect. It did start off with Petey Williams. I double-checked it. I triple-checked it. It started with WWE Williams, but the devastating maneuver and a cool maneuver like that, I guess WWE or some fucking mark who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about wants to give WWE the credit for the Korean Destroyer, even though it's still beautiful to look on, watch on TV, it still doesn't have the magic and the boom power like Petey Williams had it. And it's just moves like that. It's just sad that they were awesome finishers. Now they're just a setup. The Sterners are set up. The RKO or Diamond Cutters are set up. The Canadian Destroyer setup. People's elbow don't want to fucking use this because it's so, so fucking stupid. But whatever happened to the old days where you had the tough wrestlers come in and make a statement? Make a statement using moves like the bear hug. A move as old as time itself. The bear hug has been used over the years by countless superstars in order to squeeze the life out of opponents. A move best typically suited for opposing heels. It's also a great move for amazing storytelling. Why performed by particularly large men most of their time, like Andre the Giant, Big John Studd, Bam Bam Bigelow, our, our friend um, uh, Sean Michael, not Sean Michaels, yeah, Sean, no, Steve Michaels uses that. <laughs> Can't get fucking names straight. I can get wrestling moves straight, but I can't get fucking names straight. The move can be look at it, but the move looks devastating and increased tension in the matches where many times before a wrestler would not be able to answer the traditional three arm raise count. You still see it. It's still a word down maneuver, but it's not as fucking devastating like it should be that's professional wrestling old school professional wrestling not what you see on wwe these days not what you see on aew just a powerhouse a powerhouse wrestler that will use the torture rack which looked absolutely horrific
performed best by a bigger guy and brought in by the total package Lex Luger involved basically drinking someone across the lat- your lats and pulling on both ends so they bow in the middle of your shoulder blades. Just crunch, you know, break them in half. The back backbreaker was used by Ezekiel Jackson from the WWE as his finisher maneuver. But to be perfectly honest, it's probably the only thing that big man had going for him. They gave him an amazing finisher, but they didn't develop the character. Yes, Lex Luger only had power slams, gorilla presses, and clotheslines. But the thing is, though, like look at FTR, for example. They admit they're old school wrestlers. You make Xavier Jackson, you advertise them as an old school wrestler. That might work. But no, they just pretty much say, like, there's Xavier Jackson. And let him flop in the wind. It's just, yeah, it doesn't matter the finisher. It matters the wrestler's buildup. But these old school moves, like the one move that really pissed me off, the STF, the step over Toho. John Cena, with his limited moves, started using it in 2006. And, of course, they made it sound like, oh, Cena development. No, he didn't. It came from New Japan Pro Wrestling. But Cena took it, and you can say elevated to the next level. But moves like, you know, like you see the, the, the cutter. It's like it's kind of hard to say. The cutter, they've used too many times. But the STF, you see so rarely. Just like the bear hug. It's like, why? It's just... And a move that they totally destroyed was the Lion Tamer. Jericho's first entry in wrestling. The first time when he started professional wrestling, he had the Lion Tamer. And it was so... It was like, if you watch it, try and think the best way to describe it. It's similar to a Boston Crab, but this variation uses the knee in order to force into the you know, opponent's neck and back area. Um, performs a great deal of pressure, more so than a Boston Crab. And it just looks horrendously painful. Look it up. You guys see it yourself. Jericho, I don't know why he doesn't use it these days, but you know, those are the moves that should still be in professional wrestling. It's just like the bear hug. I mean, why aren't we using that more? We got no problems with the diamond cutter. We got no problems with the Canadian destroyer making that, just shoving that down our throats. But moves like the Anaconda Vice. It was CM Punk's secondary finisher. It's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu chokehold. But it's, it's, well, it's also could be used as a arm trap triangle choke. I'm trying to describe this as best possible. Wrapping his arms around the head of one of the bent arms of an opponent, he, the Punk would use it beautifully to suffocate the, his victims in the hole. And that's another move that when you hear submission expert, they don't use these moves. And these are probably one of the best moves 
you guys see in professional wrestling. Bar none. Uh, yeah, you can say the rolling cross arm breaker. Yeah, it's true, but the arm breaker wasn't really in the professional wrestling game until mixed martial arts broke out and they were using it more. So to me, they're just copying mixed martial arts, which they're, let's get it straight, the professional wrestling world, there's a lot of copies going around. People rip each other off, copy this, copy that. If you don't get sued for copyright infringement, all the power, but that's what the armbar is. But a move that I see once in a while that should be used more is the figure four. Hello. <laughs> I can't move. <laughs> Undoubtedly, the man who truly moved this move, move into the iconic elite realms of, a, of professional wrestling, the nature boy, Ric Flair. He was the graph. Let me describe the figure four leg lock if you don't know the figure four leg lock. It's a grappling joint lock, it is, and it's named for positioning of the intertwined leg in the maneuver representing the number four. Legs are crossed, so it says number four. It's like the pedigree. The pedigree has a shape of an H between Triple H and his opponent before he drops. Figure four is very similar. It was made shift number four was made from it, but still Fleur did it beautifully, pulled it off perfectly. He is the master of the figure four leg walk. No one else will top it. Not even Greg the Hammer Valentine, even though I'm not shitting on Greg the Hammer over his figure four, it was devastating too. It just Flair was Flair. And without the figure four leg walk, Flair won't be Flair. The figure four leg walk is Ric Flair. And Ric Flair is the figure four leg walk. One other move that, I mean, I would say the ankle walk was a big one, but a move that people think is taboo these days. And I'm going to end it with this move, but it should be used a lot more. It's the crippler cross face. Just give it a different name. I mean, this move made John Cena in his prime physically tap out. While the master of the crippled crossface, Chris Benoit, which I know, Benoit's move, we can't forget. It's, what are you trying to do? Say like, oh, we're not going to live out his legacy of the of the crippled crossface? I mean, come on. You WWE is allowing someone probably win the WWE war title who during the speak out movement was called out messing a 13 year old. Nothing happened to him, but we're going to say Chris Benoit's move is too taboo. <laughs> Give me a break. It was made, it was made popular during the attitude era. And it was one of the absolute best submissions of its time. It's a, it's a, version of the lapel lock, but, you know, Benoit, just the way he pulled it off each time, about nine out of 10 times, the match was over. But he has, but moves, that move has made people, it's 
using, I, I'm going back to saying that Benoit's Chris Brokaw's face is taboo, which guys like CM Punk, Daniel Bryan's would take this, would take the Cripper of Cross Vegas, make some adjustments to it, make some tweaks, and make it their own. That's great. But people not saying, the people going like, well, Ben Wall, you try and make it sound like you have morals. And trust me, the, the wrestling fan, the WWE fan, and the offices don't. For some reason, they got to look good about Ben Wall. Oh, we can't use this move. Give me a fucking break. It's just stupid. If I was a fit wrestler, these are the moves I would use. I would be a submission expert. I would be use I would be using the Cripper Crossface, even if they want me to call it the Bell Rock 2.0. Fine, I'll call it that. The figure four leg lock. The Anaconda Vice. I mean, the Lion Tamer. These are awesome, amazing moves that people don't use anymore. Instead. We got to use the Canadian Destroyer eight different times. The Cutter, 12 different variations. Like Those are great, but when you show, shove it down our throats enough times, it becomes unsexy. The moves I just mentioned are the hidden classics in professional wrestling. And if, if I forget some moves as well, I mean, there's some moves I thought of really thought of and I was like eh, I'm not gonna waste my time on it. like the rings of Saturn or Hell's Gates I'm not gonna waste my time on it. the walls of Jericho those are just variations of the moves I just mentioned so I mean Hell's Gates it's a triangle choke it's an armbar triangle choke actually wow something that brought in for the MMA world not shitting on that but still it's not as original as a, or authentic as a bear hug. I mean, it is what it is. And I think that if they had a couple of wrestlers, like FTR, wildly popular. Why? Because they represent old school wrestling. Semi-star guys, triple tag team champions, triple A, IWGP, and Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. The old school method works. And I understand why more wrestlers don't use that old school method. These moves are boss. They're great. But maybe I'm just out of touch. Maybe that's not professional wrestling anymore. And if that's the case, now just keep on watching the old school NWA videos and watch these amazing moves time and time again. And just think about the old days of professional wrestling. Now I'm trying to sound like Grandpa Simpson, and that is when I'm going to check out. So everyone, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. Yeah, this episode was just something that I just kept on thinking to myself time and time again while I watched wrestling about what happened to these moves. And I had the day available, so I just used it to bet which I appreciate your time. I appreciate your patience. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time on Killing the Business Worldwide. And like Mad Max would say, we're back, baby. We're back. Take care, everyone. Be cool. Stay cool. Vic Muscat signing off. Killing the Business Worldwide is out. Goodbye.
Good night. Six-star episode, like always. Too sweet. Boom. <laughs>